We have a schedule incoming very, very soon. We'll get some of it on Tuesday, but today's episode is not about the Orlando Magic at all. But it actually is about the Orlando Magic. We'll, 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 we'll explain. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on. Magic today is August 15th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're actually going to go locked off Magic. Talk a little bit about the Jacksonville Jaguars, how the Magic and the Jaguars compare as two teams on the rise in their respective leagues. We'll talk to Locked On Jaguars' Tony... Uh, Tony Wiggins uh, coming up here in just a moment. Really, really fun episode. Going to try some different ideas here in the offseason. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, There's not a lot going on in, in, in the NBA world right now. We are expecting uh, we are expecting that the NBA's in-season tournament schedule will come out on Tuesday, so we'll have a full breakdown of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, and we'll get into the schedule and in the nitty-gritty of the schedule as it comes out. I don't know if the full schedule is coming out uh, on Tuesday, but we will get the in-season tournament schedule, so we'll have some news to break down. Um, we are slowly getting closer and closer to FIBA World Cup play. Australia made their big debut, one of the, one of the frankly, one of the title favorites, one of the gold, uh, certainly a medal favorite um, in this year's World Cup after, their, after some strong showings in previous tournaments. Um, Australia played their first first friendly, uh, defeating Venezuela by a, a ridiculous amount of points. Joe Ingles scoring 12 points, goes three for six, I believe, on three-point field goal attempts. Um, doing what you expect Joe Ingles to do. Australia is very good kind of hiding their stuff a little bit. So uh, don't read, too, uh, just like all these other teams, don't read a ton into the stats, especially these, especially those early games. We'll see Australia kind of refine themselves as, as every other one of these teams is refining themselves. Um, as we get closer, they're getting ready to go to Japan for a couple games before they play their uh, first World Cup game next weekend. Uh, the U.S. now in Abu Dhabi uh, as they play their last set of games before the World Cup uh, uh, over the weekend as well, playing Greece and uh, Germany. So there's 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 not a lot going on. Like I don't have a great lead into into this episode into the show, but we're in the dead part of the summer. Yes, we have FIBA World Cup play. Yes, we have. Some events going on. Yes, we have this schedule getting set to come out, but we are in the dead part of summer. We are thirsting for content. So I thought, what better way to spend this time than to talk about the other teams around the area? So today on Locked On Magic, we are going locked off Magic, and we're going to chat to Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. We're going to learn a little bit more about the Jacksonville Jaguars season, what their expectations are for this upcoming year, 
um, as well as, frankly, how they relate to the Orlando Magic. Because there are some universal truths across all sports leagues and all teams that definitely feels like it, it, it holds true. Definitely feels like um, it's, it, it, it makes sense or it works across sports leagues. There's a lot of parallels, especially between the Orlando Magic and the Jacksonville Jaguars that even if it wasn't an idea to just not talk about the Magic for an episode, um, which we do talk about the Magic, do not worry. Um, there's at least something we can learn from the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the up-and-coming teams in the NFL. So we're going to talk to Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to say a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Um, football season, like I said, is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check it out today. Jaguars would be a good bet. Uh, they're probably going to win a lot of games this year. So check it out at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets today. When we come back, you'll be chatting with Tony Wiggins of LockedOn Jaguars, all about one of the best young teams in all of sports, a team that the Magic will be joining on that level very, very soon. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. And we are now locked off magic with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. Want to get around to, to some of the teams in the area. NFL season right around the corner. The Jaguars already playing and winning their first preseason game, uh, which which is always, winning is never bad, even in the preseason. Um, so let me introduce you all to Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. How about you? I am doing really, really well. It's uh, it's you know, uh, getting getting ready to steal myself for those early morning tip offs in the FIBA World Cup coming up uh, with with the U.S. and the Philippines. But uh, today, today I want to kind of talk about uh, our two teams. You know, uh, uh, Magic fans. You know, we're we're kind of in the middle of uh, the war for for NFL allegiances here uh, in Central Florida, and there's a team up the road in Jacksonville which had a fantastic season. Uh, last year, really kind of a surprising season, the kind of season that the Magic are hoping to have uh, this year, to be perfectly honest, but their number one pick in their second in his second season. Uh, and and both of our teams just seem to be in this this really interesting spot. So I wanted to kind of preview a little bit what what to expect from the Jag Jaguars. Uh, and so I think the first place to start is how how big of an impact or, or how how important was last season? And just getting into the playoffs and getting that that exposure uh, and experience playing those meaningful football games down the stretch, including that kind of play-in game on the last week of the season. Felt good. It was more of a um, a thing where they had lost a bunch of games. They were two and seven, and you kind of felt that they needed to get out of their own way a little bit. And uh, they one of those losses was to Houston, who ended up being the worst team in the league um, record-wise and getting the number one overall pick. So. It was just a matter of them figuring out how to get out of their own way, how to not make mistakes. And they still made some of those mistakes um, late in the year in those last couple of wins that they had, but they were able to overcome it. So you would hope that even though 
uh, what you do one year usually doesn't help you the next because you have to kind of reboot everything. But you'd hope what happens is in those situations is the thing that they learned about themselves, that they were able to make sure that they put that in their in their DNA, if you will, you know, in, yeah. their, in, their, in their gumbo and make sure that that's something that they have in their repertoire this year in, in terms of their mindset, that they're never out of a game. But it also will remind them how important it is to have very, very fast starts or to at least have starts that aren't extremely slow and it gives you a better chance to win and you don't have to spend all your energy fighting to just come back you can you know use some of that energy to game plan win those tough rounds as as they say in boxing get out of there with a victory and save a little bit for next week but they used up a lot of stuff in order to come from behind and i think sometimes it may have given a team a, a thing or two to look forward to when they played them later on yeah, and, and and look, it's it you know I think Magic fans experience this with with the Magic young teams. They're going to make mistakes. Like you have to kind of learn how to play through your mistakes, and 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 it always feels like you know the Magic kind of had the same you know a similar issue, not the same issue. Uh, last year, starting the year five and twenty, you know, really looking you know a lot of injuries early in the year, but starting five and twenty, and, and then having to rally and, and not being able to uh, unlike the Jaguars, not being able to make it all the way up the hill and, and into the postseason. Uh, last year, but really gaining a lot of experience in, in the process of, of winning games on a, on a day to day basis, which, you know, obviously a little bit different in the NFL. You got one, one game a week, you get the whole week to prepare, to prepare for your games, but knowing how to win those kind of, let's say like your, your week seven, that, that week seven game in the middle of the season and, and being able to take care of your business. Um, the Jaguars this year, you know, seem to be a team that everybody is expecting to take another step up. You know, you see some people even saying quietly, you know, NFL, obviously a little bit different than the NBA about who can make the championship, but there's been some people saying like, you know, the Jaguars could be a, a dark horse to, to, to make the Super Bowl. Um, how do you handle then this kind of initial success? You know, maybe last year the Jaguars took everyone by surprise. How are the Jaguars going about handling kind of the expectations that are now being heaped upon them this season? That's a great question. So I have to let you know that I'm answering this from an observation standpoint okay. because I don't really know how they're doing it. Yeah, um, I, I can kind of get an idea based on what you hear and, and how they look and, and the things that they say. But whether or not they're actually able to do that is yet to be seen. We, we have to wait and see till this year happens, whether or not they can handle that or not. I'm sure if things are going well, they're going to be able to give a lot of credit to the things that happened last year. And obviously, if things don't go well, they're just going to basically tell you that last year was last year and this is a new season and you always have to make sure that you handle your business and start over. So it appears that they're doing and saying the right things. Um, I give Doug Peterson a lot of uh, credit when it comes to the fact that he won a Super Bowl, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention after he won a Super Bowl in Philly, they had two straight years where he didn't make the playoffs and he got fired. So, and and I mean, there's a lot that went into that too, and it's more nuanced than just being his fault. They had some quarterback issues, they had some chemistry issues with coach staff in the front office, but still, it is what it is. And the history of the NFL says that you don't necessarily make the playoffs the following year. The Jaguars made it in 17, and everyone thought that it was this sort of moment where they were all turned around. And the next three years was as bad of three years as you ever want to see in the National Football League. And they in three or four years, in fact, and they had to really reboot it and start it over. The Magic did the same thing a couple of years ago. I remember they had Michael Carter Williams and all those guys, and they got into the playoffs and 
you looked at them and they were 10, 11 deep and they were long and athletic and then they weren't. And they ended yep. up with the number one pick when they got Banchero. So it happens a lot in both sports. The key to the Jaguars, though, is they got a quarterback. And um, in the NFL, you can either build your team until you get a quarterback or you can build it once you get one. But once you get one of those guys, a guy with the potential to be one of the five or six best in the league at his position, things change. You can't really say that in the NBA about a specific position, although you can say it about when you get a great player. Usually once you get a great player, it's easier now to build a team around a great player than it is just to build a team hoping somebody ends up great. Exactly. And I know I want to get to that point here in a second, but I think you brought up something that that that's always really interesting because I remember Steve Clifford who coached the, the 2019-2020 teams. He would always say when we came back the next year, it was like, hey, you got to start building, you, you know, yes, you hope some things carry over. There's some similar principles and concepts, but you got to start from scratch. You got to start over every single season. And you know, what I think sometimes young teams especially struggle with, but the great teams know how to do is they know how to carry things over from year to year. They know how to build things up, how to adjust to, to new players. And, you know, you can't you, – past, past success isn't a predictor of future results. You, you do have to build things every single year. And, you know, I, I've tried to bring this point out to, to Magic fans. Yes, the Magic had a really strong finish this season. They went 29 and 28 to finish the season, which – 500 500, you know, it'll get you in the playoffs. It's not going to get you much, maybe, maybe much further than that. But for where the Magic are, that's that's certainly a, a big step forward. But there's no guarantee that they will do that again. And, and I think to your point, the Jaguars are probably feeling the same thing. Like they're they're a young team that caught a lot of a lot of teams by surprise. They had some guys really show the peak of their talent. Uh now you have to build it again. Now you have to grow it again. Now you have to do that all over again. And and that is honestly probably the most difficult thing to do in professional sports. You know, the great teams, you know, it's, it's this way in the NFL. It's become this way in the NBA. Dynasties are really hard. Like even the very, very best teams have, have trouble sustaining that excellence year to year and, and, and copy, you know, it's not just copy paste your season. It's, it, it's a lot of work. And, you know, especially, you know, you know, maybe it's unfair to characterize the Jaguars completely as a young team. Obviously they have a young quarterback. And, and like you said, that piece like makes everything else make sense the same way that, you know, magic drafting a, a potential star like Paolo Bancaro has made that this team's future make a lot of sense. Um, but you still have to, you still have to kind of build, build it up and, and, and learn each other. And, and obviously there's new pieces being added to the Jaguars this year, just like, you know, even though the magic are virtually the same, everyone's roles change a little bit, how guys improve changes things a little bit, but let's, let's hit on um, the, the Trevor Lawrence thing then like, Obviously, the rookie year was probably not one to speak about just because of uh, the the coach who shall not be named. But um, how 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 impactful was the growth that you saw from Trevor Lawrence last year to you know putting the Jaguars in a position where they seem like the it team in the league in a lot of ways? Um, I, I'm going to go back and you you said that you wouldn't necessarily characterize them as a young team. They are. They're very okay. very young. All of the all of the best players on the team are under 26. So. Uh, and thing. most and most of them are under 25. Now, to get to the point with Trevor, I won't exclude that first year because as bad as it was, by being here covering the team, you still saw a guy who never stopped believing in himself. You saw a guy who never tried to, you know, tuck his head between his tail. You never, you never believed or saw that the alpha that you saw the first time he walked onto the field. 
and he looked like no other quarterback ever. He never stopped looking like that. He never stopped sounding that way. So it's almost as if he went through all of that stuff and it didn't break him. So I, I won't even get rid of that first year. I'll leave it there. And I'm not going to sit here and say something disastrous actually helped someone. We've been hearing a lot of that foolishness lately, but I'm not going to even go there with that. But I will say it's something that he went through. You can either look at it and say, okay, it didn't count. Or you can say, oh, no, there was something there that he learned. And uh, even if it's learned, even if he learned how not to do business, it's still a lesson in and of, in and of itself. So I won't look at it as an L um, in terms of a loss. I look at it as a lesson. And I think it absolutely helped him uh, last year with Doug Peterson. I think he played, he looked like a guy who played as if at early on, the coach was like, it's okay, man. You can make a mistake. It's all right. And once that went away, then it enabled him to in game during mid game, or even if it's the next game to be able to get over bad play and mistakes. And that really, really showed up in the game against the Chargers in the playoffs because he didn't play well in the finale that clinched against the, the Titans. And it's carried over into the first quarter and a half or so of the uh, Chargers game. But just like that, and, and and in a way that a lot of people have never done in, in the past, when things started going right, because he wasn't still caught up in his foolishness, he was able to get past it. And now he got hot and they started scoring touchdowns. So I, I do think um, – we have to include that first year into this entire equation because if he goes down as an all-time great, we're going to look at that being where he came from as opposed to him coming out of Clemson and saying, well, his second year really was his rookie year. No, we're going to look no, back at that. We're going to look again. back at that, and we're going we're gonna to give him credit for climbing out of like Andy Dufresne. I always yeah, think about yeah. the, the Shawshank. We know that he climbed He's through three football fields of something, right? Yeah. And you, it's almost like you can't tell his story without putting that in there. You know, absolutely. I think that's that's 100% true. And, you know, a, a point that I've consistently made about Paolo Bancaro, um, you know, he was the runaway rookie of the year, deserved that, deserved that. And and, and I don't think it was much of a de debate, but the, the people who made the arguments that, oh, he wasn't efficient enough, you know, there, there's all these things that he wasn't doing necessarily – it was like, yeah, that's 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 fine. And you're right. He does need to get better at that. He needs to be more effective and, and shoot a better percentage and, and do all these things. But this season was also about him learning what a bad shot is and learning what a uh, a bad pass is or, or how to read the D, how to read a defense like he he and some in some games, he broke double teams really effectively. And other other games, he turned the ball over a ton. Um, you know, even seeing it a little bit in Team USA right now as he's learning how to play center and in, in the role that, that they have for him you know, he's making a lot of mistakes. And, 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 you know, I think, especially with elite young players, you know, there's a lot of pressure heaped on them. You know, Trevor Lawrence came into the league as such a hype player. Like, you know, he, he was a franchise savior as, as a number one pick and, and the quarterback that, you know, the Jaguars been, have been missing, you know, probably forever. I, you know, I'm a big Mark Brunel guy. That was, that was, that was my guy growing up, but like Mark Brunel was Mark Brunel at the end of the, at the end of the day. Um, the Jaguars have probably never had a quarterback a, a, as talented as, as Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, you could see them trying to build things the right way. You know, the coaching staff, obviously the first year with the coach that shall not be named um, was, was a struggle, but you know, I agree with you. I think he learned a lot um, in, in that struggle and, and, it, and it's going to make him a better player. Just like, you know, I expect, you know, I expect Paolo Bancaro to have his struggles his, his second season. Like you don't come out of the, of the draft um, fully formed, especially in the NBA where the guys are 18, 19 years old. 
you know, the NFL, I think it's a, a little bit different just because guys are coming in after, you know, three, at least three years in college. Um, and, and there are different expectations in the NFL because your fortunes can change so much. You know, the Jaguars in a matter of two years have gone from, uh, in a matter of two years, went from the worst team in the league for two straight seasons to winning their division. And, and you know, maybe the AFC South isn't the strongest division in the world, but they've won their division. They got a playoff game. They won a playoff game. They played the Chiefs pretty tough in that in that game too, uh, Patrick Mahomes' injury notwithstanding. But they played the Chiefs pretty tough in that game uh, on their on their way to the Super Bowl. So you know the Jaguars have completely changed their fortune. Obviously, a lot of attention's been on on Trevor Lawrence, and 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 for good reason because you know quarterback's the heart of the team. But who else, you know, should fans who are maybe getting into the NFL trying to figure out who this Jaguars team are, who else should they know on this team that that they may not otherwise that they may not otherwise know? Well, you can start right with the offense. Usually, the offensive players get more credit in for everything anyway in, in the NFL. Um, it's going to be the people that uh, Trevor throws the balls and hands the ball off to. Tra- Travis Etienne uh, had over 1,100 yards last year. He was his college teammate at Clemson. Another young player picked in the same year as the draft as him. He's going into his third season now. And it's actually Etienne's second season because he missed his entire rookie year with a foot injury. So, uh, But he's very, very explosive and uh, is probably considered one of the 10 best at his position uh, in the National Football League right now. Um, Calvin Ridley, who's coming back yeah. from a year-long suspension, who has looked different than anything we've ever seen here since maybe Jimmy Smith or Justin Blackman, whereas he's a legitimate threat. And also uh, Christian Kirk, and and not only Christian Kirk, but Zay Jones. And that's the equation that I have to basketball. And Evan Ingram also, who had a career year last really year, tight end. But the, it's, it's, it's the others. And what I mean by that is the difference with Banchero and basketball is this. Banchero's a great player, but we don't know if he's that guy. And um, Dwight Howard never ended up being that guy, but he was close. And so in, in basketball, everyone, unfortunately, is going to look for LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. You need that one dude that just weighed, that turns everything around. But sometimes a guy can be good enough. But in football, see, when you're a quarterback – by nature of the position if you're if you're very very good to great the nature of the position it's you're going to always look like the reason right and you can tell if that guy's going to be like for instance justin herbert right now great young player just got over a quarter million dollars you know on a new contract a quarter billion rather on a new contract we don't know if he'll ever win a, a championship right so those questions don't exist yet about trevor because well this is just his third year I think a guy like Joe Burrow, you kind of figure like he'll get one sooner or later, but it may be Josh Allen, but Justin Herbert kind of makes you scratch your head. So Justin Herbert from, if you were to equate it to basketball reminds you of a guy, do we know if Anthony Edwards is ever going to win a championship, even though he's a great young player, we don't know. So it's very, very more. I think it's much more difficult in basketball to identify that guy because that guy seems like he's essential to win it all in the NBA and he plays a bunch of different positions. So it, it doesn't mean that yeah. by position, you can't anoint a guy. There's so much other things that has to happen in football. 
not so much because the quarterback position is designed for that guy to get all the credit if the team's going to win. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a difference, but those other players, if you don't know, it's the guys that Trevor's going to be handing the ball and throwing the ball to. Those are the people that you really need to pay attention to. And I think when it comes to kind of like the star player, I think I, it, 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 I mean, I think this is true across both sports, sports in some degree is it's about how your best players make everyone else around them better. Like, I, I think that's at the end, the difference, the difference between, you know, Michael Jordan and, and Clyde Drexler is, is, is a great, is a great example. You know, Michael Jordan was a great individual player, but he didn't become a championship player until the triangle came in and he figured out how to make other, how to lift others up with him. You know, he kind of dropped the scoring average down to bring others along with him. You know, Clyde, Clyde Drexler is a great player and, and maybe it's a bit unfair, but Clyde Drexler never quite got to that level. Never got, you know, he got to, to one championship with the Blazers and he joined Houston as a secondary player around Akeem. And that's when he got his title. Um, and you see this, you know, it's a difference between in the NBA, at least a max player and, and a max is everyone gets a max, you know, we're, we're expecting the magic to, to give max contracts to Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. And, and that's going to be their team. And whether that team is going to be good enough to win a championship is going to be, be dependent on those two players, individual development, and then the players that they surround them with to make them better, that they in turn can make better. Um, it's, it's the difference between max players and championship players. You know, Nikola Jokic is going to get a max, but he makes everybody around him better. Um, he lifts everybody up with him. He doesn't care if he scores 50 points or 20 points. He's still going to get you the 10, 12 assists. And, and it's, and it feels like with Jacksonville, you know, what I've been, what I was really impressed with what they did last year, the receiving group just seemed to get so much better. Uh, you know, they had a lot of weapons. Now they're adding Calvin Ridley. They got, you know, Travis Etienne with a year of experience under his belt. Um, you know, they, they have those weapons. And, and the question for a guy like Trevor Lawrence is how does he make, how do those guys make him better? How does he make them better? And, and to, to that extent, you know, a little bit, with Justin Herbert, like he puts up numbers, you know, he he's earned the, he has the numbers that earned him that contract. The question was in, in the playoffs, can he make that one play that's going to keep his team on the field for that extra five minutes that, you know, Jacksonville needed to, 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 to stop that comeback, you know, can he make those important plays, those important reads to lift everybody up and, and, and to get them, get them over the hill. And that's, that's kind of always been uh, the question I think that the Chargers have faced, even dating back to, to the Phillips Rivers era, um, with the Magic, um, they have had you know their their young team developing, and, and and the Jaguars are very much in the same boat. Their kind of rallying cry for the last two off seasons has been to level up, to 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 get to the next level, to to grow and develop into the next phase of their of their development as individuals as well as their teams. Um, what do you? is the Jaguars leveling up this year? What is, what is that next level that, that this team has to reach? Uh, having an identity that doesn't break uh, week for week, even if it doesn't work, nobody goes undefeated. You know, they've only, they've only been one undefeated team in NFL history, but having that identity and being able to stick with that and knowing that whatever that formula is, is going to be the best foot forward you have, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs teams that win almost look the same every single week. And or they look like the best version of themselves when they need it to happen. Um, if you're looking at the NBA, it seems like all of the teams, there's always this coach, great player connectivity. And you can see it when it's coming together. You're like, oh, God, we, we, we see who's going to win it now. And, and usually it happens. Right. Well, in football, that same thing can happen. When you think about the championships, you think about Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. 
and what the Chiefs are going to do. They lose one of their best players in Tyreek Hill, and they still look like the same team. And that doesn't mean that Tyreek Hill wasn't very good because obviously he is. He's made his but, offense really good. <laughs> right. But the, the, really good. Yeah. Right. The thing is, is though, is they have this identity and they're going to do what they're going to do Chiefs things when it when when they need to, whether they win or lose. Right. So the Jaguars have to figure out who they are. They're not just these comeback cats. Um, the best game that they played last year was probably the game they played against the Chargers when they went to LA. And they jumped on them early. They kept their foot on the neck, and then they allowed their defense to be dictated by the predictability of the offense because the Jaguars were so ahead. And I think, to me, that's going to be their formula. They have to learn how to get off the quicker starts. Once they get off the quicker starts, then Doug Peterson, who I, I, I watch the game all the time, and I'm usually able to say, okay, this is going to be a run. This is a pass. Even when they're in, they're in formation, you can't do it with him. You never know. So if if that's who he is, just imagine him being ahead and you never knowing whether they're going to run it, throw it, throw it short, go deep. That's what they need to get to. I want them to get to the point where they about the middle of the second quarter, they're allowing the Doug to go reach down in his bag and start pulling out some stuff. And I think if they can get to that point consistently, that's when they'll be really, really good. Yeah. And and I, mean, I think I think that's. I mean, I think that's the you know goal. Like a lot of these things are, are universal, and, and I think every professional sport, it, it's it's about consistency. It's about, you know, I, I say this about the NBA regular season all the time, and it's 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 a slog. An eighty-two game schedule is is just really tough, and it's you know a, a question of what can you do consistently on your worst day when you are having a bad day. What is the one thing that you can rely on to keep yourself in the game and still give yourself a chance to win? And obviously, there are some times where. You're on a back-to-back. You're on the end of a ro- long road trip in the NBA, where you just don't have it. Like the, the you know the human body just doesn't have it. You're just too tired. The the the, the, phys- the physical the physicality isn't there. You know the no NBA team will admit this, but there are schedule losses in the league in the NBA. That's it's, it's it's obviously a little bit different um, in the NFL to some extent, but uh, it, it's still about when when you just don't have it. Whatever it is, you don't you don't have it. It's not like completely sharp. Can you still find? the thing that you lean on to keep you in the game, give yourself a chance. And, and, you know, you win or you lose, but you still have that chance to win. And and, and like, I remember when I was watching the kind of the 2008 and especially the 2009 magic team, I I was always amazed how I felt like they did not play well. And yet they're still winning by eight, nine, 10 points. They're still winning Mm -hmm. by multiple possessions because they just knew how to kind of grind themselves and, and stay in a game. And, you know, I think that's a characteristic you see in the chiefs and a characteristic that you've seen a lot of the kind of long time good teams in the NFL, you know, obviously the NFL, there's a, it's a single elimination tournament. There's a lot of kind of variability um, in, in who wins sometimes and, and, and what happens in the playoffs. But the re- there's a reason why all the same teams are deep in the playoffs. There's a reason why the chiefs are there every year. You know, the bills are there, you know, are getting there every year. Now the Bengals are starting to establish themselves there. Why the Patriots were there every year for so long. Um, these teams just know how to kind of build themselves out um, and, and do the thing that they're good at every single, every single week, even if they don't, even if they have a bad game, even if, you know, they make a couple of mistakes, have a couple of turnovers, they, you know, the defense picks up the offense, offense picks up the defense when they need to, they just find a way to stay in the game. Um, like I said earlier, uh, central Florida is kind of in no man's land in, in the NFL where we're close to Tampa. We're close to Jacksonville. There's obviously a lot of Miami fans. So uh, I, I want you to make the case. Why should my listeners who live in Orlando or live elsewhere, why should they? Uh, why should they invest in the Jaguars this season? What 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 makes them? What makes them Central Florida's team? <laughs> well, 
I, I do think Jacksonville embodies some of the qualities of Central Florida. And what I what I mean by that is we're we're, we're extremely unique and extremely proud to be North Florida. And uh, they call it the first coast. And uh, we call ourselves, we, we label ourselves by our county. We call ourselves Duvalians, yep. right? So I know with Orlando sometimes with the association with theme parks and and the fact that it's a it's a go-to place for anybody that ever wants to rent a house down in Kissimmee or whatever yep. uh, for, for anything, right? Like convention centers and all of that. But Orlando to me is, is and I'm talking about that entire area, they're not really connected to Tampa like that. Uh, every time that I come to Orlando, Orlando has sort of its own identity and they, they are themselves. And when you talk about North Florida, you talk about Jacksonville. When you talk about when people say central Florida, they're talking about Orlando and the greater Orlando area. And I know every like everybody likes to say, well, they're going to root for the bus because they're right down I four. That's not necessarily, it has, doesn't have to be true. You can root for whoever you want to root for. There are a lot of Orlando Magic fans here in Jacksonville, believe it or not. Uh, there are some Heat fans, too, but I get on them because I think I don't see them until the Heat start winning, you know. Uh, but uh, Oh, trust me, we get on we get on any Central Florida Heat fans for that, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, so so I do believe that there's this, this thing where you kind of get sick of people picking on you. You kind of get sick of the narratives that come in about your team. Um, and I know the ones in Orlando is like, ain't no free agent's going to go there. Orlando's a great place. I wouldn't know why a free agent wouldn't want to live in Central Florida, right? But you hear that about Orlando. You hear that about places like Portland and OKC. Like, they really have to draft well. Okay, well, guess what? The Jaguars are in the middle of building a team where the people really resonate with the citizens. And they adapt this way of playing. And that's the thing that we were just talking about, the consistent way of playing every single week. When the Orlando Magic were good, they had a way of playing. So you can identify, you can you can use the, the team to identify with the city, if you will. Like the the team, the Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars have actually taken on an identity of the city. Orlando can do the same thing. And what you can do is you can attach the fact that we have that, you know, likeness, you know, as the it's it's a commonality between us. What we're doing is it's two teams that resonate with their city and they play a brand of ball, which identifies with their fan base. And from that, we can find a little bit of connectivity because there are a lot of Orlando Magic fans here in Jacksonville and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and look, the Jaguars, uh, you know, I watched a lot of Jaguars games last year for, for, my, day, for my day job. Um, just an absolute blast to watch. It's, it's been fun to watch them grow. And, and, and I'm personally really excited. Uh, for their upcoming season. I think a lot of Magic fans, uh, if they're into the NFL, if they're st starting to follow the NFL, definitely put the Jaguars on your must-watch list. Uh, you're going to see them plenty, trust me. I think the NFL wants to feature them because they're one of the they're one of the bright teams on the rise. Um, Tony, I want to thank you for joining uh, me here on Locked Off Magic uh, to talk a little bit about our, our two teams and 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 how uh, they're both coming on the come-up and, and both on the rise here. Um where can people find you, find your show, if they want to learn a little bit more about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, or X at Shop Talking Wig. Yeah, Shop Talking Wig. And that comes from the fact that I'm always holding shop and I'm always talking. And Wig is an acronym of my last name, obviously. And uh, the Locked On Jaguars podcast is on YouTube. You can subscribe for free on YouTube. 
hit the like and the bell button to make sure you get notifications. And then if you listen to audio platform, podcast, wherever you get those at, you can just check in every single day and make sure you don't miss an episode of Locked On Jaguars. Def, definitely follow follow Tony. He is he is one of my favorite Locked On listens. I, I, do, I do occasion. not I'm not an everydayer, but I, I do occasion the Locked On Jaguars podcast. A Locked On Jaguars podcast. He brings a great perspective on the team. Uh, that's just really, really, really great stuff. Uh, Tony, Thanks for thanks for coming on the show, and then hopefully we'll we'll have you have you on again next next year when we're both uh, when we're both lifting up trophies. All right. Well, you know what? That's ambitious of you to say that. <laughs> and, but guess what? If it happens, make sure you save this so we can show how omniscient you were in saying that that was going to happen. But good luck to the Magic. I think they have a very very bright future, and uh, I do think uh, Ben Carroll is going to really be a special special talent. Yep. Thank you very much, Tony, and and, and we'll see you soon. Hopefully. All right. Thanks. I want to thank Tony Wiggins for joining us on today's show to talk a little bit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hope we give you a sneak peek into what should be a really exciting season for Jacksonville. Uh, lots of parallels, I think, between them and the Magic as well. So a lot to get excited about if you're a Jaguars fan, if you're a Magic fan, if you're both, you have a lot of excitement. Check out his show, Locked On Jaguars. One of my favorite NFL listens. I listen to a few NFL shows. Uh, certainly, I listen around the Locked On Network as well because it's your team every day. You know, there's, there's something for everyone. He does, uh, Tony does one of the best jobs um, among the podcasts that I listen to covering the Jaguars. Really, really enjoy his style. Really, really enjoy uh, the whole vibe that, 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 that he gives off in the great way that he covers, covers the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a lot of fun this coming season. Start following now. Get on that bandwagon early because Jaguars might be going places this year. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in. Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the things you know, podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. So lay something on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. On our next episode of Locked On Magic, we'll break down the Magic's in-season tournament schedule, plus whatever other scheduled tidbits come out on Tuesday. We'll save our next Locked Off Magic for a little bit later on in the week, so you have that to look forward to as well. I'll let you guess who we talk to then. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.